it, it almost feels like an episode 83, even though it's the 82nd, because we had um, the talk with Tom, who, if you follow us on Twitter, you saw, reached out and wanted to record a little thing. He's from uh, the UK and wanted to talk a little bit about NYCFC. Um, so I guess just to get that off the plate first, that'll be coming out. I think he said like in a few weeks time. So I don't know if at that point we'll have our second star or not. Um, but if that is the case, we made an agreement with him that we'll bring him on the show. So I think definitely, uh, an interesting person to bring on and potentially talk about the team if we get the chance to again. Yeah. And I mean, even regardless, it might be cool just to bring him onto this channel. Um, cause he's a, he's a really smart guy, really good, um, opinions and, and very good conversation we had with him and um you know I, it almost be interesting to see you know our playoff run from his eyes mm-hmm. um and see kind of a different perspective from somebody who's not you know die hard bleeding blue all the time yeah um, so yeah i mean you'll see it that'll come out eventually it'll be you know in the same setting just a little bit you know different clothes different different things different conversations yeah and and what a uh playoff run and a playoff game this was that we just had i mean i i think out of every every playoff game that was played like ours you know i think we went out there and showed the best performance now we don't see lafc playing and philly playing because of their uh their bye weeks which you know i i think ultimately typically hurts the teams that has them um but in terms of all the teams that played i think we looked the sharpest out of them all obviously got the clean sheet um hey bears goal at the end which was a, a stupid giveaway from Inter, kind of made the scoreline look, I guess, a little worse than it really was. But, you know, 3-0, rolling, two Santi assists, it, it was a, a game. Yeah, I, I think uh, for sure it was a, it was a great performance. I, it, we started off where, you know, the attack was super, super hungry and looked very eager to get a goal early, but our midfield and defense specifically looked shaky to start. Mm-hmm. Um, Acevedo gave away a couple... Uh, passes in the midfield there's a couple of you know miscues in the back that didn't concede a chance but you know very easily it could have um and I, I saw it being a game where very easily we could have just given away a couple of balls been in a sticky situation and been down a goal or two um but at the same time that the attack was so hungry that we could have been up two goals and we could have been down two goals in the beginning with that shaky start um I was just happy, you know, the second half went the way that it did, and we started converting chances. You know, Santi stopped slipping in, in important positions. Um, we were feeding Gabby the ball. Um, you know, we were working together to create team goals. And Tinnerholm, hats off to him. I mean, everyone's going to be talking about the Santi two, two assists. Tinnerholm looked like a man possessed, like yeah. a man on a mission. Um, you said it that, you know, we may not have him next year. He's playing like it. Yeah. For sure. Why well, I also liked um, in the little behind the scenes thing that we saw posted on the NYCFC YouTube, like um, after Cushing was given a little bit of a speech to the guys, you know, Tinnerholm was screaming out at them as well afterwards. And it was just like, you know, that is something that he brings to the team and, you know, probably something that he was even bringing to the team when he was injured last year, still there as one of those figures in your locker room that are super important. But, you know, you need guys like that when, you know, early on, I think, like you said, you know, Gonzalo almost put us on notice immediately. I mean, if, if we go down 1-0 in the 10th minute, I don't know. I think that the complexion of this episode is much different, completely different. Like, I, I'm not sure we recover from it, honestly. Um, but I, 
early after seeing that, you know, you, you get a little worried that, you know, obviously they have the ability to score and it was a matter of inches that kept them from doing it. And then um, it started to me between the two Santi slips that you mentioned, um, the double doink, which, you know, how... Double, double sink? Yeah, double sink yeah, <laughs> on our Twitter. Um, but, like, I've never seen something like that before. And then you have... Uh, even before the double doink with hey bear he just takes a touch that was just too heavy that you know doesn't give him a great shot on right. goal and it uh you have Tiago Martin's header go off the crossbar and early it felt like one of those games where we it felt like one of those champ uh the CONCACAF Champion League semifinals where we're going to have like 18 shots right. nobody's going to score and Gonzalo's going to get a free kick and and knock us out of the playoffs or something on his retirement run right um, and luckily it didn't go that way. I mean, Santi, and you could give him all the praise because definitely on this podcast here, the Santi guy to the two of us, but like playoff Santi, as Tavon would put it, is a different gravy. Yeah. I mean, seriously, like, I don't know. Yeah, I've, that point, um, he, it, there's just a, a fire that, that lights within him. I think maybe it's the fact that when he sees that there's a trophy available, it just goes to a new level for him. Um, I thought he performed insanely well. It was unfortunate. I mean, and, and it sucks that, you know, we had to highlight it, but it was one of those things that it, that could have been the difference maker. You know, if, um, let's say that that game finishes 1-0 and we had two Santi slips in important situations and that's all that happened. Mm-hmm. It would be super important to point out, like, dude, yeah, you slipped right in front of goal twice. Like, nobody around you, you just fell. Um and so it felt important to kind of shout that out and be like, hey, we need Santi to turn around to be able to score. And, um, you know, he just flipped that switch. It was basically after those two slips that he just mentally flipped a switch and was like, I'm yeah, I'm not going to let that define this game. That's not going to be how this goes. And I think that's different than, how this goes. than I something. I don't think that came out right. <laughs> I, I think that's different than something we some, maybe might typically see out of Santi. I feel like sometimes, you know, obviously – I mean, we have a few guys on our team where emotions can get the best of yeah. them, and once that bad game begins, it, it sort of runs throughout the rest of the performance. And, um, I mean, with Santi, that's a big step in terms of maturity as a player, not emotionally maturity, but, like, being able to take adversity of things not going your way and, like, completely, you know, put that to the side. And I think a, a leader like Max, he probably helped a ton with that, who obviously this game sure. played out of his mind. I mean, yeah. You're talking about Tanner Holm potentially leaving after the season. I, I want to say we have an option on Maxi, but he's been, you know, we've talked, he's been very vocal throughout this season about wanting to return to his boyhood club in Argentina and stuff like that. Um, Which you were not happy about. Yeah. You were not happy. I was not happy about that. And that was a much different time where, you know, talking about Santi, yeah. they are fighting on the field on, on national TV, which he's you can't talking about be leaving. Doing. Pushing is possibly being pushed out. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a different world. It was a whole different world, and I mean, I want to save it for like maybe a, maybe if we are to win another game. But I feel a lot like Gary V with that receipts um, <laughs> that receipts video, you know. Um, but I do like to see. I think a lot of people, uh, not a lot of people, but a, a good amount of people that uh, before were like fully cushing out. Like he needs to leave tomorrow after this game. He's gone after this game. He's gone. Um, but them kind of coming around to Cushing and sort of now posing some of the questions that we posed back then. It's like, you know, obviously Cushing's staying, but at what point of a playoff run buys him time? And the people are now starting to converse sort of the way that we were before. And I think 
a lot of people are sort of in the same way where it's going to depend a lot on this Montreal game. Um, I think we've said no matter what, the FO needs to do a search, even if they're for sure. even if they're down for Cushing. You know, yeah. anybody after a World Cup cycle, like how could you not? Anybody could be available. Yep. People are going to make names in that World Cup, both players and obviously managers alike. So it would be irresponsible, I think, not to do a search. And hey, if Cushing gets us to a finals appearance, wins against Montreal, that's a great fallback if you don't find a perfect candidate in yeah. your search. I mean, I, I would say, you know, if he even, like, I would say he would need to get us to an Eastern final um, period mm-hmm. for us to move forward with him next year as an option. Yeah, I agree. I, I do, I love Cushing. I love what he's done for us. Um, but at the end of the day, like, he he does have that interim tag for a reason. And, um, you know, the only thing that changes my mind there is getting us to an Eastern final and being competitive in it. Mm-hmm. Um, anything outside of that, it, it's a failure, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and I would have said that in the middle of a, of a seven-game losing streak. We did say that. Yeah, and, like, you know, the, the standards the standard regardless. Um, you know, this team has the talent. We could do it. Well, that's the beauty of, you know, we talked about this with um, the Tom guy we were mentioning earlier. The beauty of the playoffs is, like, it's a system where, and, like, we are, we are the guys. You know, once you get in, there's a lot of different – different things that can happen and of course when you introduce you know pressure and emotions of one and done games and everything like that sometimes really good teams can fold and sometimes underdog teams can emerge um i i think we still kind of maintain an underdog role um against miami i i sort of felt like it was going to be one of those retirement tour things for gonzalo and then obviously now even uh just odds wise we're probably the the underdogs against yeah. Montreal so you know I think keep rocking with that and, and hopefully upsetting people yeah well I think no matter what you know we think on the outside it, it really what's what what they believe in the locker room mm-hmm. and I think in the locker room they they have heard people like me um, saying how hard it is to repeat an MLS Cup um, how we're you know NYCFC is performing very well but can they keep it on for another four games and do and you know, win another cup. Um, the last cup was a fluke. I think they're hearing all of that stuff, and they're adopting an underdog mindset for themselves, regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're fighting from a place of I have nothing to lose, so why not play my best? Yeah. Why not just put the best thing on the field that I can? I think that's what's going to give them the results. That's that's where they're fighting from. They they have a way of digging into that when others can't. Right. And I think, um, you know, talking about that comparing it kind of more so to the cup last year which obviously the players do not like anybody to do sean was vocal about it like right after our podcast and we'll never say he heard it but there were a lot of people spinning that same image um yeah yeah, at the start of that downturn that six or seven game loss streak uh where it's like you know last season we got in and look at what we did and sean was very quick to shoot that down but I, i think one similarity that we saw in this game that we saw last year in the playoffs was it was a, a true like team victory like i think yeah. everybody across the board regardless of their salaries or you know what what type of star power they have on the team like genuinely stepped up i, I mean o'toole you obviously singing his praises as a left back um more so on the defensive side i'll say if we want to talk yeah. about o'toole but outside of o'toole we had acevedo step up who you know otherwise it would be morales in that role i thought acevedo was was playing as 
his you know what off in that game. I mean, seriously. Outside of the, the first couple of minutes. Yeah, I mean, the whole team, though, in the first couple of minutes. Yeah, the whole team said. were a little shell-shocked. A little yeah, bit. but I, I think he stepped up. Um, and then, obviously, I mean, it almost feels like everybody else in a position on our yeah. team is one of those star players, but they they all stepped up seriously. Yeah, I mean, as far as O'Toole, it, I, well, I was going to tweet um, <laughs> early on that it seemed like a lot of our attack was going to come from the right side. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seemed like... You know, Cushing or the players or whoever saw something on that left side of of, uh, of Miami probably not seeing Yedlin out there. Um, I don't and, know how you could miss him with the yeah, pink hair. <laughs> you know, obviously not not wanting to go down Yedlin's side. Um, they saw something out there that that you know they wanted to take advantage of, and I just uh, you know I I could see a lot of the attackers coming from the right side, and so O'Toole really didn't have a whole lot to deal with because the attacks just started channeling through. That, that right side. Yeah. Um, and I was going to tweet, I think this is going to be a game of, of Tenor Holm and Hebert versus Yevlin and Gonzalo. And yeah. who's going to win? Yeah. I mean, um, we came out on they came But, out on but we started playing literally around them. Like, literally just having our way with them. Yeah. In, in terms of passing and getting around. So, you know, we didn't necessarily have to have that, you know, 1.0 approach. But, um, yeah, I mean, it worked out. I think that's a good conversation. Well, I think there's a few conversations to have. Um that you know are probably tough decisions for Cushing to make now um if Talez is healthy you know knowing that Hebert got a little bit of his confidence in that goal at the end do you plug a Talez in over a Hebert um I don't know I feel like in a way you almost have to keep that exact lineup and you change it when it when it's no longer working it's hard though too, because then what if what if Morales is good to go, Alfredo, and like you you surely sub him for Acevedo, right? Like, no, I, I, think... I think Acevedo played too well, mm. and at this point, like like an Alfredo should be should be like a you know pull the red lever, emergency mm-hmm. break glass in emergency type of guy. Yeah, um, you know he should be somebody that comes in and puts his body on the line. Because we have to and he has to, mm-hmm. not because, you know, we need him necessarily. I think Acevedo's going to be the guy that does the job. I think you keep, you know, the current lineup, um, it is what it is, and when it's not working, you make the sub quick. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's the 47th minute and you know that Santi's not putting it in and it's not getting turned around, you got to pull the plug, you know, if um, whoever... If it's GP, I, don't, I doubt it. But if it's GP, it's GP. If it's Haybear, it's Haybear. Yeah. Um, I, well, I mean, and then an, another question, too, is Keaton. I think that was probably the most um, confusing one pregame that everybody was talking about was why why is Keaton not getting the start? You know, we're under the impression that he's ready to go. And obviously, uh, Cushing talked about it after the game, and he said he was, he was unsure if he had the fitness to go the full 90. Um, and I think that's one of those decisions like uh, like in American football where the coach goes for two points at the end of the game. Like, if he gets it, it's like, oh, okay, right. that was a great idea. Like, you're so yeah. smart. But, like, if they don't get it, then it's like, how could you make such a dumb decision? So I think, you know, in, in terms of this decision, keeping Keaton uh, not as a starter, it, it kind of paid off because the game went the way that we wanted it to. Yeah, I mean, I, I almost saw that less about Keaton's 90 and more about Anton's 90 mm-hmm. um, because 
to me, the biggest question was, can Anton go 90 minutes? If not, we know that Acevedo's going to have to go to right back position. Mm-hmm. And we know Acevedo can play 90 minutes. We don't know that Keaton can. Yeah. So we know that, you know, Acevedo can start the game and finish the game if he has to at right back. We don't know that if we put Keaton in the game and start him and we need to bring Acevedo in that we're going to have Keaton for the full 92. Yeah. And end up in a position where you kind of, you know, shot yourself in the foot. Yeah. Um, and so that I saw it as that um, right from the beginning. Luckily, you know, Anton looks up to it. Looks like he's just... If there is any problems, I couldn't. I couldn't tell. No, me either. Well, and that's that's important that he is because, like you said, the attack for the most part was going through his side of the field. I mean, with O'Toole on that other side, we could dive a little bit deeper into it. I think he sort of embodied uh, like a Tavon, but on the left side, where his his one on one defending is is crazy, um, but you know, getting up the field and and making something of it, you know typically is not what he's going to be best it, at. It looked a little rough that game. I think at first his defense almost started off a little rough too. It, it almost seemed like uh, there was a cross that came in from, from his side that he gave way too much space to him. He was way too relaxed on getting to, to closing down the ball. Mm-hmm. And I saw that and I was like, please don't make it this game. Yeah, not the whole game. Like, <laughs> don't make it this game that you, that you fold. Um, you know, I was, I was really worried about it. Yeah. Um, but going off of that, I think O'Toole can definitely be the guy in attack if asked to. And I was I was actually going to lead into the Montreal game. I, I could see Montreal looking at the tape of this game and saying, if we just close down Tenerholm, if we could stop Tenerholm or start punishing him for going forward, um, you know, we can win this game. Take away Tenerholm, you're, you're kind of setting up O'Toole to have this breakout, nutty yeah. attacking game. That we we know he can have, they may not know it, right? Because there's not the tape on it. We know that we know that if he if they unlock O'Toole and give him that freedom, it's it's a game. He can do it. Yeah, he, he can do he, it. He can do it. I mean, we obviously saw him in the Derby, in the Campeones Cup, back to back. You know, midweek and then the the weekend Saturday, right after yeah. the fact, playing. I mean, with stoppage time included, we're talking like a hundred minutes yeah. in each game. I mean, you have to be. What is he? Twenty one years old to, yeah, be able to be able to, to do, do that. To be able to do something like that, and you know that's why it's valuable to really have him. But uh, I think the good thing about that, you know, I, I like your idea that I I do believe that Cushman will probably go with is the no changes method. I think yeah. especially when you're in a tournament play, you often see that if if you're right. winning game if you're winning the game, you are not, not broke. Why yeah, why fix it? exactly. Um, but I think also Cushing has that lever. You know, let's say like you said, I. I do believe that Montreal said, looks watches that game and goes, all right, if Tinderholm is out of the game, right, they're not scoring a we goal. We have a better chance. So, thankfully, and I, I hope Cushing is not totally out on Malde, which I think this is like a, I don't know, there's no injury news related to Malde. So, I right. guess O'Toole has just beat him. beat him, which is crazy to even think. To think about that happening like two a month, two months ago yeah. is just like is unrealistic right but... and one well just when you go back to the fact that we were left with one left left back mm-hmm. and thinking that this is not going to be the guy that plays every single game this year yeah and, and Malde was typically uh the defensive of the two when we're you're obviously alluding to goody 
Um, right. The defensive of the two, when you're looking at a Malde and a Goody, so letting the, the attacking one go, and now we have O'Toole and Malde who are sort of both better defensively than they are moving forward. So I, I guess I would be a bit concerned if O'Toole, you know, through the first 45, 50 minutes, it, you know, it's not coming that way, and Montreal has successfully found a way to lock down Tinnerholm. Um, you know, Malde is our option to bring in to potentially supplement that left side and, and right. hopefully provide some attacking opportunity. So I think, you know, that'll be a matchup to pay attention to if, if O'Toole ends up having to come out, seeing if Malde can make something happen. Right. I mean, we, we could literally see, uh, like, a chess match where Cushing goes, okay, well, ideally if I'm coaching against me right now, I'm taking out Tinnerholm. So let me take Tinnerholm out and let me force things to the left or let me force... Um, Collins to have that that role again where he's moving up the field and he's the one bringing the ball up. Yeah. Um. I I think there's there's a ton of ways that this can go, um. And I'm just excited for it. My my like nerd brain is just going haywire I, trying to think of all the possibilities of like, okay, if you shut down Tinnerholm, then it's this. If you shut yeah. down this, then it's Tinnerholm. If it, you shut down both, then Collins is going to bring the ball up. Yeah. Um, I think there's a ton of ways we can win this game. I think the more that we talk about it. I feel like this is going to be a game of subs for us. Like it, it's Probably. the game is going to live and die on the subs that we make and how quickly we make them. Yes, and and that they are the right subs okay. as well. Um, because like you know, so it, in the scenario that we've now created, um, of of certain things needing to happen, you know, we have, uh, an Acevedo starting who we're going to need to be at his best. We're going to need an O'Toole starting that's going to need to be at his best. Um, and then we're going to need a Hebert starting, you know, with the same lineup that's going to need to be at his best, right? So now we've got three players here, and let's just say, you know, one could fold. You know, out of three, it, it's, you know, yeah. two out of three can do amazing, but if one folds, then it's going to be Malde that has to come in and do it. It's going to be Tales that has to come in and do it, or it's going to be Morales <laughs> that's going to have to come in on that last leg and, and do it. Or Keaton. Yeah, or Keaton. But somebody, it's it's going to be, I think, somebody coming in that yeah. is going to have to make that difference and bring that energy. And, you know, we're not at home. I think, you know, we, we haven't talked at all about the atmosphere of City Field. And, unfortunately, we weren't able to go, but it did translate through yeah, the TV. Definitely. So, we won't have that 12th man is the unfortunate part. Well, and they, they've done the thing again where they've limited um, the away allotment to the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've dealt with that before. It's cheese. Go buy. Yeah. You know, I mean, they just buy. You know, there's Montreal fans yeah. that are reselling. Yeah, you know. we'll, we will travel like we did before. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally can't. I'm not allowed out of the country. <laughs> they they got laws against that, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I may just have to hop a little border and get sent back. I mean, what's that problem? Well, I was, I was trying to. I do have my passport, so I was trying to find somebody to go with me. You know, I think Montreal is only five hours from here, but. I don't know. Doesn't seem doesn't seem logical. Does, yeah, I don't know. Not not on a Sunday either, you know. Yeah, guys. Yeah, guys got to work. Yeah. But um, I mean, if they were to do like a day visa, there's a day visa program. You guys know about? Let me know. I'll do it. I don't care. I'll quit my job. Yeah, I mean it'll, and I, I think even more so now that after what we saw uh, last year, there's probably a lot more fans um, that didn't travel to every game. That want to. And probably were like, 
you know, when we won the cup, much like us, I mean, we, we, we thought of driving to Philly, right. um, and then, and then even we thought of flying to Portland and what the different plans would look like to do that. And ultimately just different life schedules with work and stuff didn't right. allow it to happen. But, you know, there's probably a few people that did the same thing as us after we won the cup, they were on the cusp of going and they were like, man, if, yeah. if I get another chance to go to games, yeah then I will be doing it. So there's probably we're probably traveling, I think, better now than we even did last season. Yeah, I mean, if it's in the country, you know, there's a way better chance you'll catch us there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially if, yeah, I'm not even going to go with, with scenarios, but if it's I in... I mean, if, if Alexi Lalas... If, if Alexi Lalas <laughs> is correct and it's in my old literal home, yeah how could i not there may have to be some flights purchased how could i not go some reservations made um and i don't know alexi alice he's in terms of mls cup playoffs man's been spot on every basically everything else comes out of his mouth you know we are obviously very much uh disagree and against dumbass (laughs) (laughs) i didn't even say ass earlier when i was talking about acevedo but you know you get a start you get to do what you want um yeah, look uh, look forward to the coverage for us leading up to the game. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us anywhere you get a podcast. Um, and then look forward to, obviously, the episode that we're talking about with, with our buddy from the UK. Tom. Yes. And so um, look forward to that on his end. Obviously, once that comes out, we'll shout it out. Um, and then hopefully one day we have him on ours because I just think the conversations with him are, are great. And he's a Leeds fan, so he's a Leeds you know, fan. that is America's... You America, know, like that's America's team, not the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry to your girlfriend, but uh, yeah. So we'll we'll leave you guys with that. Follow us on Twitter, and um, follow us on subscribe to YouTube if you're here at this point. I mean, yeah. Subscribing on YouTube is how could you not do that so far? I mean, you're 20 minutes in. How could you not? Um, so see you guys next week, next probably week? from the same yeah same spot because we're still working on the studio. So yeah, I mean. Last thing I'll say, the housekeeping studio, definitely coming next season. It's debuting um, next, season. next season with opening day uh, whenever, you know, the playoff run ends. Um, we'll probably take a little break, maybe record like an episode or two because we're most likely going to have things to say about the World Cup, I would assume. Oh, yeah. Um, well, and we're getting pressured by friends by friends to, to have something like that with them involved so who who really knows what that looks like just, but, just cloud chasers really yeah well it's also two italians so what do they really have to say yeah about the world about cup. the world cup and i'm sorry if you're listening <laughs> and you're an italian um but if your name's tom ricci then i'm not sorry whatsoever yeah. and so and also if if you're new to the podcast if this is the first time you ever watched if you ever were to hear one of us say, uh, I'll just the last thing I'll say, um, it is absolutely by no chance the last thing that you'll hear. Um, so maybe we'll put the cap on this one. Episode 82 yep. in the books. See you guys next week. Or, yeah, next yeah, week. Yeah, after Montreal. Peace. Peace. Jeez, Louise.